yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Leia Healthcare. Looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, for this week's show, I speak to competitive freediving champion Claire Walsh about breathing techniques and how it can improve wellness and enhance performance. Claire made a big decision to give up her day job and concentrate full time on free diving with fantastic success. And she also gives courses on how to use your breath to reduce stress. I'm delighted to say she joins me now. Claire Walsh, welcome to Real Health. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining us. So I'm going to get straight into it. You can hold your breath underwater for six whole minutes. And I'm fascinated about that. I want to find out lots and lots and lots about it. Tell us about free diving and what it is and how you train to be able to do six minutes underwater holding your breath. It's a phenomenal physical achievement. So for full disclosure, I can't actually hold my breath for six minutes. I hold it for 5.59. Oh my God. One second <laughs> is the bane of my life. So 2020, the goal is 6.06. Let's, let's round it up a little bit. Um, so 5.59 is, is my record at the moment. Um, so yeah, there's lots of different ways of approaching it. Um, Freediving has a number of different disciplines. So the 559 refers to a discipline that's called static apnea. So that's lying still, static, uh, on the surface of the water, airways, so mouth and nose submerged. And that'll typically be your longest breath hold. Wow. Mm. Okay. And Tell us about the other aspects of freediving then. So I suppose in, my, in, in your head, when you people think about it, you think, I don't know, uh, big flippers and going very, very, very deep underwater <laughs> or something along those lines. And that's not far off. Um, so the other disciplines, and they're the ones I suppose that I'm more keenly interested in, are the depth disciplines. And that involves those surfs of the water and kicking down. Well, there's a few different ways of getting down as deep as you can and then returning all on one breath. So, you know, I often hear how um, freediving is the second most dangerous sport in the world. I'm still unsure of the first one, actually. So it does sound really, really extreme, um, you know, for thrill seekers and so on. But it's really funny, you know, when I hear people describing it like that, they're describing a sport that I don't recognize. To me, um, uh, calm, tranquil, uh, humbling, um, are words that are far more accurate to describe the experience that is holding your water, holding your breath and traveling underwater. So it's, it's, it's quite different to this wild extreme experience that people's perception is. And on, on that, how deep can you go on one breath? Tell us. <laughs> um, 59 meters. The sixes just don't seem to work for me. <laughs> so it's 559 breath hold and 59 meters depth. So wow. To put that into context uh, for people, particularly those in Dublin, um, the top 
the top of Liberty Hall um, down to the bottom is 60 metres and then back up. So you're diving all the way down and all the way back up on one breath. And how do you train for something like that? Lots of different ways. Obviously, there's a whole set of exercises that we do uh, dry. So when we're not at in water and then there's a whole series that we do once once we hit a bit of depth. Um, and like like any sort of sport, you know, there are cycles within that. But at the moment, I'm well, I'm not landlocked, but I'm certainly away from any sort of depth facilities. So I'm doing a whole load of work around increasing my breath hold and being able to tolerate higher levels of CO2, which is something that happens. Um, and just trying to nudge my way further further past that six minute mark and then hopefully once I get to water into the 60s. And was freediving something you always wanted to do? Was it something that came kind of along just in life and you randomly decided to try it and how did you get into it? Yeah not a bit of it I've never even heard of it um, before 2015. Um, I was traveling in Central America and I was snorkeling and a couple of guys kicked down from the surface and I thought this is the coolest thing ever. Um, and I was so competitive, I kicked down myself. I'm sure I didn't get very far down. So that evening, kind of very nonchalantly, was asking a little bit about it. And um, they described what it was, where you could do a course. So the next day, I booked a flight and a boat and a train and whatever out to an island um, of Honduras. And that's where I did my beginner's course. And I kind of... I presumed it would be like the other activities I tried, so paragliding or zip lining or scuba diving. It would be forgotten once I got home, but that wasn't the case. I just, it kind of only started, it was the tip of the iceberg for me in terms of, you know, wanting to go further into the sport. Okay. And further you did go. Uh, you competed in France last September at the World Championships, yeah. breaking the Irish record. Tell us a bit about that, because, you know, it, was a, it wasn't plain sailing in the World Championships at all. It was tough. No, not at all. Um, gosh, it's, it's like, it's amazing to reflect on it now. Um, and I was chatting to someone and, you know, last year, this time last year, I was in Egypt. I'd started my depth training. I'd done base training. And what I was working on predominantly was actually my headspace. Um, you know, when I decided to do this, the first thing that came to my head was, you know, those voices that'll tell you, who do you think you are? You're not good enough. All those voices that, you know, in different circumstances would stop you going for something. So that was kind of, I think, my biggest challenge. And at this time um, last year, if you had asked me, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen, Claire? I would answer, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll black out in my first dive. And there are other people there, they're way better than me and I'll be mortified and it'll be awful and, and so on and so on and so forth. Um, so I really put a lot of time and space and effort into A, trying to manage those thoughts, uh, but also practicing that particular dive. We, my coach and I set it up formally, I got my official countdown and we just bashed out that dive again and again and again so that I could do it in my sleep. Fast forward to September, <laughs> spoiler, um, it did not go well. Um, fast forward to September and it was the first dive and I blacked out on the surface. So, you know, I, I casually, you know, mentioned blackout like it's no big deal. And 
it isn't a big deal, not in the sport of freediving. And I understand now, I suppose that's why people perceive it as being really, really dangerous. But it is part of that of the competitive nature of the sport. You are pushing yourself. You are, you know, you know, testing the boundaries mentally and physically of, of, of what your body is doing. So, yeah, I had a blackout on the surface of the water. Um, and the first thing I thought of when I came to was that it was my parents' first time watching me dive and they had to watch that. So I still need to apologise to them for that one. Um, I love how casually you mentioned the word blackout. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. In a phenomenally uh, dangerous environment, which is you're on the you're you know, you're on the water, you blacked out fully, you came to yourself. Yeah. Uh, that Tell, yeah. Talk to us about the health and safety yeah. component. Presumably, there's somebody around who can jump in and say, Oh, there's if required. lots of people around it. And funny, I only watched the video of it um, last weekend. So, you know, around me, there's four safety divers, then a further team, and then a team of judges. So, you know, what happened was I was holding onto the rope, keeping myself up out of the, out of the water. And it's like, did you ever fall asleep on the bus or on the dart or whatever? And you just kind of nod forward and then you know, come back awake. It's kind of like that. You don't have a sensation of, oh gosh, am I losing consciousness? It just happens quite instantly. And then you come to just as, just as quickly. But yeah, I, you know, I was grabbed by, um, by uh, the, the, the team um, and they started to, you know, just clear my airways, make sure I could breathe. So I woke up with a beautiful French man trying to give me a kiss. <laughs> Not the worst way. <laughs> You're an eternal optimist. I, I think you, you can certainly use that to describe you. What goes through your mind over those the course of five minutes and 59 seconds? So presumably a lot of what you do, you train to do, is to calm the mind in a very stressful situation to focus on being in the moment, I would imagine. Yeah, um, to get yourself through that such a long time doing something that is that is unnatural in many respects. Yeah, that's a really really good question, um, and the reason why I like that discipline is because of that aspect. And um, you know, I, I say to my students, and um, without trying to terrify them too much, uh, you really meet yourself on a breath hold. You can't lie to yourself or to anyone else for that matter. Um, underwater, your body um, emotion will bring up whatever is there so I liken it to you know this idea of fake it till you make it so when you're on the surface you might be absolutely stressed but still with a big smile on your face running around multitasking and inside the stress levels are just rising in the water that can't happen what will happen is you'll tense up and you will have a hypoxic event maybe not necessarily blackout but you won't get to anywhere near your your target depth or target time so you really need to be one, I think, really honest with yourself of where you're at mentally. And then the rest of the journey is, well, it's actually, it's really exciting. The first part is relaxation. So you do anything that distracts you in a positive way from what time is it? Are we at 30 seconds? Or are we at a minute? You know, the more you thinking, think about time, the slower it goes. So um, what I do is I sing. In my head whatever song comes into my head I just imagine the back of my eyelids like a karaoke screen and I see the words just travel by that's it that usually takes me to about two minutes 30 uh, three minutes and then things get a little bit uncomfortable so your body starts to reacting you get that urge to breathe 
you have a buildup of CO2 and that's the really important time. So your body's experiencing discomfort and you need to learn or try to really soften into that. There's no point pretending it's not happening. There's no point saying, oh, this feels great because it doesn't. So it's a really good lesson to try and adapt to, you know, whatever's happening, however uncomfortable. You can't distract yourself. Like, you know, maybe I would on land, taking out a phone, watching mindless TV or whatever. So here you have to deal with it. Okay, I can't breathe through it at that point, but I can focus on every single little part of my body and look for areas that I can release tension. And that's, that to me is the most challenging part. The last section I call, I suppose, fight mode. And that's when you dig in your heels, chin down, grit your teeth a little bit, and just get through. And it's, again, it's really interesting how you, you know, what strategies you use to do that. And I break everything up into little chunks. I count to 10 in my head, again and again and again. And just positive affirmations with myself the whole time. And I'm at six minutes. <laughs> you, make, you make that sense so simple. <laughs> oh, a couple of shows, I mean, we actually had him on twice. We've had Jerry Hussey on, on the show twice. Yeah. And, lo- and you, you mimic a lot of what he said, you know, what he talks about in terms of being your real self and being comfortable with your real self mm-hmm. and, and, and taking that on and, and being comfortable with yourself. Um, and when it comes to extreme sports, I think sometimes a lot of people tend to run from certain things into it, those extreme events. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, coming to terms with your and liking yourself is a key thing for what you do. Absolutely. In fact, there's a funny coincidence to that. And I was at Wellfest 2000 and what, last year, 19. Um, and it was May and it was my last weekend before I headed off to Egypt to, to travel. And again, those voices were coming in. Who do you think you are? What are you doing, Claire? Um, and myself and my sister went, to, I had, you know, an ex beside Jerry's talk. And myself and my sister went down to listen. And, you know, I took a couple of notes when I got home that evening. But I read over those notes so many times over the next couple of months. So it's, a, it's, it's something, actually, I associate Jerry with that time uh, in my training and then came back to that idea a number of times over the next couple of months. And in fact, the last year. Folks, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. And is self-belief something you have always had? So you're, you're driven, you're focused, you, you know, the belief in terms of breaking the Irish record of setting those big targets and big numbers that you're hitting. Was that something you, you, you were born with? Or, or and if not, how did you develop that? No, not at all. I think I'd be like most people, you know, self-doubt is huge. And I would suffer from, you know, um, analysis paralysis. You think about something so much to the point you actually can't move into action. Um, the end of 2018, I wasn't in a good space at all, and um, physically or mentally. And I just thought, like, enough. You know, you kind of wipe your hands and go, I'm done. I'm done. I need a project. I need to focus. And what I did was I found something else to focus on. So if I did think of, you know, you know, the top three divers in the world, if they notice me there and they're laughing at me, all these kind of notions you build up in your head. So I parked that and I focused on the idea of being the first person to represent my country in the sport. And even saying it now, I get such a warm glow. So Jerry does talk about, you know, finding your why and making it bigger than the reasons you stay stuck. And that for me became such a big motivator. So, you know, walking, carrying an Irish flag, you know, in, in the athletes' parade is still my favorite moment of 2020. 
Okay, so your why is phenomenally strong. What? How does the future look then? What's the next why? You, you've achieved amazing things. Presumably, when things go back to normal, you get back to Egypt, you get to go back training. You know, what's yeah. the next thing? Well, it's funny. I've kind of held off making plans because I was to compete in April and July and so on. So I think for 2020, I'm going to park everything and stick to teaching for the moment. But the next World Championships is, is in September next year. So I, I set my sights on that. But, you know, something that I have thought about 2020 was when I was supposed to, you know, beat my six minutes. Um, and I haven't done much to do that, uh, to, to move towards that goal. And um, because pools have been closed, you know, those excuses come rushing in. But there's a lot I can do in the meantime. So it was only the other day uh, myself and my, my diving buddy um, started to do out a plan to chip away and we have uh, a second dry session actually this evening so um yeah so I'm going to chip away I'm going to break the six by December of this year tell me a little bit more about breathing techniques then and how mm. you know our, our listeners can incorporate them and in, incorporate them into everyday life yeah you know it's it's just it's fundamental you know I say free diving you know it, it helps me live better on land and particularly over the last few months when things have been uncertain, stressful, whatever um, people are going through. Um, breathing has just been such a phenomenal way of just grinding myself, of changing things from the fight or flight mode. And, you know, we feed that every time we scroll to Instagram or Facebook and hear the numbers and so on, of stopping that and switching into the parasympathetic nervous system. And the easiest way to do that is breathing into your tummy. So diaphragmatic breathing. And it's a tool that we have with us, you know, wherever we go. So, you know, something I started doing um, a lot more frequently in the last couple of months was checking in myself first thing in the morning and last thing at night, whether it's done in my bed or getting up and putting on a piece of music that I enjoy placing my hands on my tummy and just feeling uh, the breath move my hands out and then back in. So there's no real secret to it. Um, it's about staying relaxed, breathing as efficiently as possible. Very often when I chat to singers or whoever and I ask them, can they take a big deep breath in? And what I'll see is this. <gasps> and we have shoulders right up at the ears. So, you know, it's about, I suppose, like I say, don't invite this part here to the party. Don't invite your chest and shoulders to the breathing party. Keeping it lower and just taking a moment to slow things down. And I think checking in with our breathing, it's such a luxury in terms of time that, that we don't do. And the benefits are huge. So a two minute practice, three times a week, the benefits, you know, far outweigh it. And do you think people are more aware of their breathing over the last kind of maybe year or two years with the likes of meditation, mindfulness becoming more yeah. popular than ever before? Absolutely. And I think like it's absolutely terrific. Um, you know, I think I went to a physio a little while ago and he told me uh, to just take a deep breath. And actually I've named my course that because that's terrific advice, but learning how to do it is brilliant. And now we have more practitioners, you know, incorporating it into sports, teaching how to do it and then like that how to incorporate it into day-to-day -day life to help reduce stress anxiety so i suppose if it's okay chat us through a little taster of that for the, for people listening in 
in terms of how do you take a deep breath? How does that look and how can we do it? Absolutely. So I do this in a in a free diving contest context. So I breathe through my, my mouth. Typically, if you want to encourage relaxation, you breathe through your nose. Out of habit, I still breathe out through my mouth. So I'm going to place my hands on my tummy. So what I do is I put my thumb in my belly button and baby finger down towards my pelvis. Baby finger my belly button and thumb to, up towards my chest. So I'm cupping my belly. So all I'm doing there is just giving my body a tactile cue of where the movement is going to happen. Then I'd usually close my eyes, lower my chin to my chest just a little bit and soften my shoulders. So I round forward just a little bit more and um, to bring my attention right down into my belly. So breathing through the mouth or the nose, um, you're going to breathe in for four and out for eight. The exhalation is actually really, really important. And it's about having a sense of control over that exhalation. So the ratio I usually work with is breathe in for four and out for eight to 10. So as long as the exhalation is longer than the inhalation, it'll start to slow things down. So how that might look. So if I was going for a competition, if I had a competition dive in 20 odd minutes, you'd find me out of the water, sitting like this, hands on my belly, rounded forward a little bit, eyes closed, chin to chest, breathing like this. So I'm making a restriction with my mouth so that I can control that exhalation. And even, you know, doing it once, you know, you feel things slow down a little bit. Even the sound is a positive anchor for me in that one. So it has such an incredible effect over, you know, your whole physiology and the thoughts even start to slow down. And, you know, we, we, can, we can use that wherever we go in whatever situation. It's such a fantastic tool to have. Even doing that with you there, I did the same with Dermot Whelan a couple of a couple of weeks yeah. ago when we had when we had him on, and I can physically feel relaxed and slower, and it's all nice and chilled. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. So some people I so may struggle with the, the mindfulness component of that, or it's slowing their mind down a little bit. And obviously, yeah. the more you breathe, the more you'll be able to slow slow that down. Uh, considering what you do and tying that in with your breathing techniques. Are there any tips around that for, for slowing down racing thoughts, a stressful day where your head is racing, your thoughts are racing? I think in the modern day, particularly over the last couple of months, people are beginning to struggle with that a little bit. Absolutely. And taking that first dive, I had a dive a couple of days later and I really needed to rein those thoughts in. So a game I play is you know, just counting. So breathe in on one, breathe out on one. Breathe in on two, and you start counting. And the minute your um, head goes to other thoughts, you start from the start. So I guarantee you, you're not going to get much further than three or four. I think four is my record. And then I got excitement. I'm at four. I'm winning. And then you lose and start again. So it's just finding little hooks to, I suppose, focus your brain in, in a little bit. And the big piece around that, obviously, is you know, no judgment and compassion. So if you do find your thoughts racing, not beating yourself up for it, just notice it, noticing it and starting again. Do you have any tips around it? I find this was people who are having, uh, who fall off the wagon, who have a bad day. And I suppose from your perspective, if you have a bad dive, 
And, you know, it's getting back, it's getting back on the wagon, getting back on track as soon as you can. And any tips based around that? Yeah, uh, for me, it's just getting back into your body. Um, and the easiest way of doing that is breathing. So that gap between my dives, I wanted to deliberately stay out of my head because those thoughts could have gone off, you know, on, on a wild one. So again, it's something really, really simple. Um, I started to sing. I started to sing quite a lot. And my poor neighbours at the time. Um, but because I'm a trained singer, you know, I know how to support my voice with my breath. So it was a way of checking on my breathing in a way that just made me happy. You know, it kind of let go of those thoughts. So for people who maybe don't sing, um, finding some activity, like it can be, you know, make a cup of tea mindfully, take it through slow steps and just focus on the breathing behind it and the actions. So something really, really simple. And my final question for you, and just as you're chatting there, I had Liberty Hall in my head and being that far <laughs> underwater. How does that feel? What does it feel like to be to be unsupported with oxygen? It's your body who's you've trained to do it. But to be that far under the water, it just it blows my mind absolutely. Can you describe to us just the feeling of that, of what it feels like and, and what goes through your mind when you're at when you when you're you're that far down and that deep? It is the most incredible feeling ever. Um, you know, I describe it and it sounds really, really cheesy, um, but it's true. It's the closest feeling I'll ever have to flying. Um, at that point, you're, you're weightless, so you're negatively buoyant. So you descend relatively quickly and you're in a state of relaxation. Your eyes a little bit closed. You feel the cool water going up your face, over your hands, the parts of your body that aren't covered by the wetsuit. Um, it's you know you can't hear anything, um, and you know you're weightless. We never get to feel like that. It is so calming. It is so humbling because you are you know in this place that not many people have seen. So often you know that moment of the turn once you hit your target and turning. You know as a beginner free diver you think. Oh God, I need to get up. I need to get up. I need to get up. So the challenge there is to stay calm and to enjoy that movement that'll get you through. So in that sense, it is quite humbling. You have to have a huge amount of trust in your body, uh, trust in your thoughts to stay calm and to get you back up. But if you manage that, if you have a dive where, you know, your body and mind kind of align a little bit more, it's nothing short of magical. And what a wonderful way to finish. That's been, it's been fantastic getting to know. We haven't met before. And every now and again, you have a guest coming on. It's a topic that's a little bit left to center, but it's brilliant when the, when the guest can fulfill that to, to, to its most. And it's been absolutely fascinating getting to, to listen about it. If people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? That's very important. Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Claire Walsh Life. And you can find out about my courses or what I'm doing in my training on clairewalshlife.com. Fantastic. Claire Walsh, thank you so much for joining us on Real Health today. Much appreciated. Folks, just remember that five minutes and 59 seconds. Try that at home yourself and see how you get on in a safe environment, obviously. I really hope you enjoyed today's show on Real Health. As ever, you know where we are. We're at Carl Henry PT on Twitter and on Instagram. And as ever, we will be back next week with more Real Health podcasts. Have a great week and we'll see you soon. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.